Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. What does the word disruptive mean to you? It means going beyond the ordinary, going beyond the status quo. Not thinking in the conventional way, not just sort of following the herd. Disruptive means shaking things up, you know? Disruptive entrepreneur is somebody who sees the problem and embraces the problem with a new way. Shake up and awakening. Quality will take care of itself and you'll go from being disruptive but also profitable. When you use your own reservoir of talent, when you love what you do, then you disrupt. Mix it up, change it up and dominate. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob here. Now I get asked a lot, why don't I do my art anymore? Uh, Back in 2005, for three preceding years, I was a practicing, not very good at selling, struggling artist, ticking all the boxes of all the stereotypes like skint and troubled and bitter and dark and depressed. I mean, I used to put Radiohead on to cheer myself up. Uh, And of course, property saved my life in terms of my finances anyway, and certainly my happiness and fulfillment uh, from 2006 onwards. And then I was able to express myself in writing books and doing podcasts and building training companies and property portfolios. Um, So I thought I'd answer that question and try and make it relevant to you. So behind is a bit of light on it. Uh, This is one of my old pieces. It's actually um, hundreds, I don't even know, maybe thousands of stamps all stuck on a canvas. Now, if you're listening to the podcast, you can't see it. But uh, if you watch the video on my page, Rob More Progressive, you'll be able to see it. So I literally licked and stuck every single one of those. Like I didn't understand leverage uh, back then when I was doing my art because it would have been more leverage to stick the sticky ones. It would have been even more leverage to get someone else to stick them and just point and go left a bit, right a bit. It would have been more leverage to get an agent to uh, get it into galleries. I didn't want an agent. It would have been even more leverage to get it into competitions. I didn't want to enter competitions. Um, So I knew nothing about leverage. And if you I did a series of these. So you just used to stand there all day and all night listening to Ramstein and Radiohead to cheer myself up, licking and sticking stamps. Uh, uh, Yeah. And as you can see, I still have them in my house. And that's not because I bought them back for millions when I'd become a successful person. Sorry about all the bright light here. That's because I couldn't actually sell them. Now, I couldn't sell, couldn't not sell them uh, because um, I wasn't good at art. I couldn't sell them because I couldn't sell. So here's a couple more. So you can see that one. It's like a series again. Dark. I was in a dark place. Um, So I actually really enjoy the creative process. Um, that I had as an artist. Here's one, but actually that's from a, a real artist who makes real money. Uh, pure evil. That's an original I bought from him, which has gone up in value. And my wife much prefers his art to my art. Uh, so, yeah, so I gave up art because um, not because I didn't love art, you know, and I'm sure you've got a passion that you love. Uh, not because it wasn't a business that couldn't make money. I gave up because I got myself skint and I couldn't monetize it which was the big difference. I'm just going to go back down and sit down now before my shoulder gives out. Uh, And property came at the right time. Meeting my business partner came at the right time. uh, And, you know, we've done all right since. I say this humbly, but, you know, like, why do you follow me and not others? Uh, Maybe because, you know, I've made tens, probably 85 million quid, I'd say, in the last, what, um, 10 years, something like that. These are from the Pure Evil again. You can see they're lovely and colourful. So... Um, people often ask me, well, why don't you do your art? You know, how do you express yourself creatively? 
Well, um, I think that any business that you love um, can be a creative outlet for you. Now, I definitely need the creative outlet, um, but I managed to get it in property, in podcasting, in training, in writing books and training programs, etc. So, you know, that balance of the creative and the commercial is vital. And I had all creative and no commercial, probably in my art days. Um, Then I probably got a bit commercial in the early years when I was just trying to make money for myself and get myself out of debt. There's nothing wrong with putting your oxygen mask on first, by the way. But then I had to get more creative and balance that creative versus commercial. So the most sustainable way to grow a business that matters and makes a difference and makes money is by a a natural balance of the creative and the commercial. Uh, And I think about this every day now that um, any challenge that my clients and mentees and people I coach one to one or speak to, um, you know, in the communities, uh, the hundreds of messages a day I get that ask me questions, um, really, every they're bringing problems, bringing difficulties or roadblocks. Uh, And creativity is the way to circumvent those problems. Uh, How can I do this different? How can I do this better? Um, What habits do I need to unlearn? How can I transmute or hybridize a solution in a different industry into this industry that I'm in? You know, you don't have to come up with all the new ideas. Maybe most of them have already been discovered. But hybridizing and borrowing solutions in different niches that, you know, that can music is that, isn't it? I mean, uh, you know, mu- most new music genre are fusions of more than one existing genre. If you think of Rage Against the Machine, it's almost like a fusion of hip hop rap in the way the lyrics are delivered, but then a rock metal in the way the music is played, in the way he shouts it. So it really is not, he's not created anything new, that band, although they were very new and disruptive. Um, they're just fusing ideas already there together. Um, so I never intended not to paint again. Uh, and this might be useful to you because this isn't just about me and my art. It's hopefully useful to you. And that is that um, when I met my business partner now, Mark Homer, a property networking event at the end of 2005, um, I was intrigued by him. He was intrigued by me. Uh, and I was desperate because I was skint as an artist. But I, I didn't go there thinking I'm giving up art. You know, like I, I didn't know what to do to make money. I used to paint more every time one didn't sell. I didn't know that I needed to get better at selling and I needed to get rid of some of my chips on my shoulder about having agents and entering competitions and going to London. These were just, you know, blockages that I put. I didn't know all of this. It was all unconscious. And then when I met Mark, I was intrigued enough and I thought, well, property could be a way for me to make money. But I didn't think, oh, you know what? I'm just going to ditch art. I thought, well, because for me, art's a very creative thing. I used to wake up in the middle of the night or I tried to paint nine to five and wasn't, didn't have the inspiration. I'd often paint nine, ten at night or one in the morning. The inspiration would come randomly. That was quite convenient because I thought, well, I'll just paint evenings, weekends, whenever. Um, and, and I'm going to try and work with Mark through the day. Um, it, it was only two months and he'd helped me get a job in the property company that he was working for. And I still had this, OK, well, I can do both, one part time, one full time. And I never actually painted the painting again. And it wasn't because I didn't have the desire. It was because um, property did well. It made me money. It was more commercial. I learned the commercial aspects of running a business, which are important, like sales and marketing and developing a a good mindset, which can take rejection and just sees rejection as another opportunity um, to go and maybe um, increase your numbers or your conversions. Um, I could not take rejection as an artist, man. But because of that, I didn't put my work to be seen to the world. I was scared of getting it rejected because if people reject my art, they rejected me, who I am, which is ridiculous. Um, But, you know, that's who I was back then. A weak, insecure, vulnerable artist. Um, So, yeah, 
Uh, and now the creativity all goes into writing books, into doing podcasts, into doing live feeds, in the way I dress, um, in the way I present myself, in the, in the type of information I try to give, in the style that I give it, in the vision, in the strategy, in the direction, in the culture, in, in the sort of um, the bonuses and the, the different types of benefits that our staff get, in, in our design. And, and I think everybody is creative. A lot of people say that they're not creative, but even if you're a numbers person, you're more digital than emotional. You can still be creative about the way that you do when you track your numbers. Um, Selena's just asked, am I still sensitive? I think deep, deep in there, there is still the vulnerable, overweight kid that wants to be loved by everyone and didn't get enough love when he was younger and wants to be, feel valued and important. I always get a full feeling when someone gives me a compliment and it's, some, it's like a, I seem to need that like a rechargeable battery. But it's definitely way deeper now. And there's layers of, of, of better strategies and strength and understanding of not taking it personally and differentiating who I am with what I did and who I am with what they say I am. Because what they say I am and who I am, they are. No one knows who I am other than me. And that's the same for you. So what they say you are, the critics and the haters, the, the things that they say you're about and you do and you do wrong. That's not you. You are you. Anyway, back to the point of this video, which is I don't do my art anymore because the commercial side of my ventures, um, you know, actually became successful. Uh, and I just looked back a few years later and went, wow, man, I've become a millionaire, became a millionaire between the age of 30 and 31. My goal was by 30. Not bad. M missed it by a few months. I retired probably five times. Retired at what? 28 ish, 30, 31 ish, 35. Just got bored. I can't retire for more than like an hour. Uh, and then I've got to go and do something again. Bored, overwhelmed, bored, overwhelmed, bored, overwhelmed. That seems to be the cycle of my life. And, and I've learned that that's OK. And I've learned that that's pretty common for entrepreneurs. So if I were now going back to art and doing it again, which is another question I get asked a lot, and this is relevant to you for your creative enterprise and your commercial enterprise, is I would do art very differently. I would still paint and be creative, but I would study other artists. I would go to galleries. I would try and meet gallery owners and agents and I'd chase them up and try and get some of my work uh, seen and shown, even if it was I gave even if I had to give them a massive commission, like 20 or 30 percent more than they were given other artists to get my art in the door. I would enter every single competition instead of being scared about it being judged. If I'd painted a series and hadn't sold it, I wouldn't go and paint another series. I'd get out and go and sell that work. I'd be on social media. I'd try and leverage all the free social media platforms. I'd try and, try and do collaborations and joint ventures with other artists and other agents. I'd, I'd maybe give some of my art to big celebrities who had big Instagram accounts and maybe get them to sponsor me, endorse me. I, I'd, I'd embrace the marketing and the commercial side of it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Damien Hurst and Andy Warhol, famous for really embracing the commercial side of art. Um, Andy Warhol said something like... Um, a great art is business and great business is art. Uh, and Damien, Hur I've probably butchered the quote. I've probably paraphrased it. Um, the, the actual quote is in my book, Money. And Damien Hurst says, everything good is art. And I completely agree with that. So embrace the commercial and the creative. Know that every challenge you have in your business uh, is a creative solution waiting to happen. Don't go and do the same thing to try and solve a different problem like I was painting more to try and sell more art because that doesn't work. Um, and yeah, that's why um, I've never done a painting since. Now, uh, maybe in five or ten years when I'm worthy for more money and have bigger social media reach, I might start doing that. Who knows? I think my wife would be happy that we got some rid of some of the paintings in, in our house that takes up all the wall space. Um, all right. Thanks for tuning in. 
Uh, and remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. If you know anyone creative who's struggling, which a lot of creatives are because they're good at creative, but they're not good at commercial, please share this video or this podcast with them. Let's help them embrace the commercial side and put their oxygen mask on first, just like I want to help you so that then they can go and do more and give more and create more. The thing that helps you be better at creativity is time. And what gives you time is money to pay for the things that you normally have to go and do with your time so that you can free your time. Sounds like the kids are fighting, so I better get off this live. Thanks for tuning in.